Please turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33, and uh, the text is uh, verses 12 through 16 in Exodus 33. In uh, Exodus 32, uh, we have the uh, narrative of the uh, idolatry of the people with the golden calf. And God has dealt with the people with some judgment and is now calling Moses once again to lead the people as we get into chapter 33. And in the text this evening, Moses has a particular concern that he seeks to address and presents a little argument to God Uh, with regard to uh, this concern. So we look at Exodus uh, chapter 33 and verses 12 through 16. Uh, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, uh, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, And you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, that is, the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Uh, Then he said to him, uh, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going uh, with us, so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all other people who are on the face of the earth? Let's pray. Father, thank You for this Your Word. We pray that You'd be pleased to bless us as we have opportunity to look into it. We pray that as we do so, that we might come to grips with the fact and learn and surely grasp that it's the presence of Jesus Christ with us that makes all the difference in the world that uh, the presence of Jesus Christ with us is that which separates us from all others on the face of the earth. Uh, Be pleased to bless us to this end, uh, we pray, uh, in the good name of uh, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen. Uh, If you were uh, going to plot a trajectory uh, from the earth to the moon. Probably not many of you would do that, but... um, If you were to do that, uh, you would have to plot that trajectory with some accuracy uh, to get from earth to uh, the moon. And uh, if you were off... uh, if your trajectory deviated by just a a fraction of a degree uh, 
and you uh, began that travel on that uh, trajectory that was just off a fraction of a degree, by the time you got out uh, the distance of the moon, you would be way off course. You can imagine how uh, that would take place. Uh, The same is true uh, with the Christian faith. If you don't have the proper starting point, by the time that you get to the end of your journey, you will be way off course. Jesus Christ is your lodestar. Jesus Christ is your north star. Jesus Christ is your starting point. And if you fail to begin with Jesus Christ, by the end of life's journey, you're going to be way off course. This was, this was the problem that Martin Luther faced when he struggled so mightily thinking that it was his own deeds, what he was accomplishing, what he was doing, was his starting point. But but he soon learned after depending upon himself so thoroughly and winding himself down into deep despair, he discovered that he was off course and that Jesus Christ had to be his starting point, that many of the deeds that he was doing were good, but it was Jesus Christ as the starting point and the motivation and the power behind those deeds that had to come first. And so this is the injunction this evening. To have the proper starting point. To understand and know that Jesus Christ is all in all and He is what makes all the difference in your life and in my life and in the life of the church. This is the great lesson of the text that is before us in Exodus chapter 33. And as we get into this text, the first thing I want you to note is that the Lord presents Himself in Jesus Christ. When we're in the Old Testament, and our pastor was wrestling with this this morning a little bit, and wrestling with us with regard to this same matter this morning, that... The Lord presents Himself in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. The word Lord is in caps, all caps. Correct? I think in most Bibles this is the case. And... Uh, The reason it's in all caps is that it's a translation of uh, the Greek term uh, which is translated in the older versions, Jehovah, or uh, you've heard it referred to as Yahweh. It's the Lord. And the, the great confession of the Jews was this, the Lord, 
He is God. The Lord, He is God. And when you get to the New Testament understanding of this term, you see that the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, it's the same concept as we find here in the Old Testament. And what Paul is saying here in Romans is that if you confess Jesus as the divine being, if you confess Jesus as God, if you confess Jesus as the Lord, and understand Him properly, you shall be saved. It's not that you just see Jesus as some helpful person or someone whom you ought to give some kind of reverence to and call Him Sir. No. Much higher than that. And this is what we must understand when we come to the text in Exodus 33. Uh, look at, uh, to help you along this way, uh, look at verses 14 and 15. And he said, My presence, see, this is God responding to Moses now, My presence shall go with you. And then uh, Moses responds, uh, Then he said to him, uh, that is the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, uh, the word presence is actually in the Hebrew language face. Uh, and it's kind of interesting here. Uh, if your face does not go with me, my face uh, will go with you. And uh, you, you understand this, I think, uh, by uh, just thinking about it for a moment, that uh, when someone is in your presence, see, uh, what is it like? You're meeting face to face. See, that's the idea. To be in the presence of someone is to meet with them face to face. And interestingly enough, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 6, the Apostle Paul reminds us that the God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to show us the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How do you see the glory of God? In the face of Jesus Christ. And so, I'm arguing, you see, I'm trying to put forth a case here that it's Jesus Christ who is presenting Himself to Moses and to the people of God. And it's always Jesus Christ who is that person of the Trinity who interfaces with us as human beings in this world. This is how we come to know God. It's always through Jesus Christ. This is the teaching of the Bible. And so... As we dig into the text a little bit more, you can say, I think, quite clearly that none other than Jesus Christ goes with you. Now, what's happening in the text in verses 12 and 13? Well, we better read both of those verses. 
Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you yourself have not uh, let me know whom you will send with me. Uh, You see, this is the great concern that Moses has. Who is it that you will send with me? Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and that you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, and let uh, that I may know you, so that I might, might find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Uh, Lord, who is it that you will send with me? And Moses says, you've said, I know you by name. I know who you are. Moses says, good. (laughs) I'm glad for it. And you can say the same thing, that God knows you by name. The Lord knows you by name. And he says in verse 13, Uh, Let's see. I I was in verse 12, wasn't I? Uh, The end of verse 12. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Uh, The word favor is actually the word grace. And in the older versions, it's translated that way. Grace. You have found grace. And... uh, Moses, you see, is kind of laying a case before the Lord. You know me by name. You've offered grace to me. And if this is the case, Moses says, Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor or if I have found grace in your sight, let me know your ways. What are you up to here, Lord? What are you doing? I need to know. Uh, uh, this is uh, what Moses is arguing. Uh, Let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight, so that I may find more grace in your sight, that I may grow in grace, that if I've received grace from you, uh, let me know more so that I may have more grace and uh, follow after you. And consider also, it's not just me uh, that we're talking about here. It's this whole nation. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Now, uh, we can pause here for station identification uh, because uh, uh, when you read a text like this, and uh, uh, since I'm bearing down on this idea uh, that it's Christ with us uh, that's so important, uh, you and I may uh, look at the text and think about it in a very individualistic way. And on one side, this is okay, because Christ is with us as individuals. But what we're finding out as we look at the text, this is a corporate matter. This is not just individuals that are at issue here. This is the church that is at issue here. This is the people of God that's at issue here. And consider, uh, Moses says, uh, that this nation is your people. That all of this nation is your people. And uh, you and I might uh, present a case uh, before God, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, 
that our pastor has done something like this and praying for us as a congregation. Remember, Lord, this congregation is your people. You've purchased them with a price. They belong to you. Remember that this is the case. And come and bless them and walk with them. Uh, you see, this is the idea. Now, uh, it, it's pretty striking, I think, that uh, earlier in uh, the text, uh, or earlier in uh, Exodus 33, that God says to Moses in verse 2, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite, all the ites he's going to drive out, and uh, he's going to send an angel uh, to lead uh, the people. In Exodus 32, uh, he says, I'm going to send my angel to lead you. Now, uh, let's go back just for a moment to uh, Exodus chapter 3 to find out something about uh, this angel. Exodus chapter 3. You can keep your finger there in Exodus 33. And Exodus chapter 3. And uh, verses 2, 3, and 4 tell us something about this angel. Uh, Verse 2. Uh, This is the uh, story of the burning bush. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Who was manifesting himself in this burning bush. None other than the Lord himself. Who was this angel of the Lord? It was the Lord himself. This is what is so striking. The angel of the Lord here... I think we may rightly understand is the second person of the Trinity. In a pre-incarnate revelation of Himself. In the garden. Genesis speaks about the Lord walking in the garden and talking in the garden. Our confession says, God is a most free spirit without body, parts, or passions. The children's catechism says, God is a spirit and does not have a body like men. 
Uh, in other words, uh, God does not have physical characteristics like we do. He's a most free spirit. And he manifests himself in and through the second person of the Trinity. And in the end, he takes to himself human flesh to come to us. And this is how he uh, communicates with us. And uh, so, uh, as we go back to uh, Genesis or Exodus 33, uh, uh, this angel that is to go with the people, uh, I submit to you, is the second person of the Trinity, is Jesus Christ the Lord. And this is what's so wonderful. Because it is Jesus Christ the Lord who goes with you and me, and it is Jesus Christ the Lord who abides with the likes of us in the church body. He is with us. He is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. Praise be unto the Lord that this is the case. And so, as Moses lays out this little argument, if you will, pleading with God and asking, who is it that you will send with me and with us? The Lord answers very pointedly in verse 14. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Of course, in the Old Testament, you and I understand that the way the presence of the Lord was manifest among the people was in the Shekinah glory. When the tabernacle was dedicated, the glory of God dwelt over and in the tabernacle. And the glory cloud covered the tabernacle. Fire by night and a great cloud by day. But isn't it striking that when you come to the New Testament, that the Apostle John speaks about Jesus Christ as the glory of God who tabernacles among us. It is Jesus Christ, you see, who dwells among the people and guides the people and directs the people. And you may remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that are quite similar to what the Lord says to Moses here in Exodus 33:14. My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Do you remember the words of Jesus? Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you, and learn from Me, for My yoke is easy and My burden is light, and you shall find 
rest for your souls. You see the connection here. Now, in order to nail this down a little bit, you see, I've been trying to lead you to this idea, but in order to nail this down a little bit, uh, I want to look at another text of Scripture. So keep your finger here in Exodus 33, because we're going to come back to that. And uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I guess if you have uh, an iPhone, you can't keep your finger there, can you? No, no. Oh, well. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 10. And just the first four verses, uh, Paul says, For I do not want you... Th- this is to the church at Corinth now. Uh, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. All of these people uh, that Moses led out of Egypt were, as it were, united to Moses. They were uh, part of the uh, group of people led by Moses, and so they were united to Moses. That's, that's the idea of uh, being baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, the cloud that led them through uh, the sea, and they all ate the same spiritual food, and they drank the same spiritual drink. And they were drinking from the spiritual rock that followed them. Paul is picking up this idea of Moses calling water from the rock to feed the people. And he did this twice. Once in Exodus 17 at the beginning of the journey of the people and once at the end of the journey, near the end of the journey, and it's recorded in Numbers chapter 20. And uh, uh, this idea of drinking water from the rock brackets the uh, journey of the people. And Paul picks this up. Uh, But it's not just a physical rock uh, from which they were getting nourishment. They were getting nourishment from the spiritual rock, Jesus Christ. And this is Paul's interpretation. Uh, And all drank from the same spiritual rock, for they were drinking from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ, who was with them in the wilderness. Jesus Christ dwelt in their midst. Back to Exodus 33. And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. The presence of the Lord among the people is manifested in and through the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ the Lord. And I say to you, dear friends, the same is true for you and me in this day, in this congregation, that the presence 
of God in our midst is manifest through the presence of the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is the one who is with us. And uh, this is uh, part of the emphasis of the text. And furthermore, it's through Jesus Christ that you and I experience the grace of God. God's grace, in fact, is the presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, Look, if you will, at verses 15 and the beginning of verse 16. Then he said to him, you see, in response now, God says to Moses, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. There's no sense in us going if you do not go with us. For how can it be known that I have found favor, grace, How can it be known that I have found grace in your sight, I and your people? If you are not present with us, how can it be known that you have been gracious to us? How can it be known? It is, in fact, the presence of Jesus Christ the Lord in your life that is the manifestation of the grace of God to you. This is how it works. Paul goes so far as to say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And as far as the congregation is concerned, Christ among us, abiding, dwelling, encouraging, changing us as a corporate body, and us as individuals, which makes all the difference in the world. This is the direction the text is driving you and me. And so God's grace in Christ is His grace. Christ's presence is His grace among us. And so, uh, finally, in the text, it's Christ's presence that separates you from all others. The end of verse 16 now. Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Is it not 
Your presence with us that separates us from every other group of people on the face of the whole planet? And it's a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question that expects the answer, yes, yes. It is Christ with you and in you that separates you from all other people on the face of the earth. And in one sense, I emphasize the corporate nature of what's going on in the text to emphasize this corporate aspect of the presence of Christ with us. Read the text again with this idea of the corporate nature of what's taking place. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you yourself have not uh, let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight or grace in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people." And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us? I and your people, that we may be distinguished from all other people who are on the face of the earth? Yes. How is it that we as a people are distinguished from all others on the face of the earth? The presence of Jesus Christ is the principle distinguishing mark and distinguishing characteristic. Now, uh, as I began uh, this evening, uh, I, I put some emphasis on uh, the idea of starting in the wrong place. And uh, I, I want to be a little bit careful here because I don't want you to misinterpret me. We, we place a lot of emphasis upon uh, principles of discipleship. Okay, good. Okay, good, I say. Uh, reading your Bible. Having regular times of prayer. Uh, having some accountability with others. Attending public worship. But don't get the cart before the horse. It's not the principles of discipleship that first 
separate you from others in the world. It's the presence of Christ that comes first. And you will follow the principles of discipleship when the presence of Jesus Christ is vital in your life. This is what's so important. And we dare not go down the track of just patting ourselves on the back and saying, I've read my Bible uh, the way I'm supposed to and checked it off and are not concerned about Jesus Christ actually being with us. Because it is the presence of Jesus Christ that separates you and me from all others on the face of the earth. And you and I can say the same thing about the congregation. I'm kind of amused at this in a sense. Because if we speak about our distinctives, what's the first thing you and I think of? Sing psalms, no instrumental music, and some would say the mediatorial kingship of Christ. That's our distinctive. Well, and that's the most obvious thing that happens when individuals come into the congregation. But I say to you, friends, I say to you, friends, that although I personally regard those distinctives highly, that the reason those distinctives become important is because Jesus Christ is the preeminent distinctive of the Christian congregation. It's the presence of Jesus Christ that brings the reality of these distinctives to life and makes them a reality in the body of Christ that resonates and carries the body of Christ forward. And so, uh, I say to you, as uh, we uh, labor in this text this evening, get hold of the fact. Understand the fact. Let uh, this truth uh, be a central part of your life that the distinguishing mark of your life in the end and the life of the church of Jesus Christ is the presence of Jesus Christ Himself among us and with us. Praise be unto God that this is the case. And when you walk in the world, it's because Jesus Christ is with you that you may be seen as distinct from others. And when others come in that door back there or watch on that video from afar, pray that the distinctive that they will sense and that they will see is 
that Jesus Christ is in your midst. And they recognize it and will bow before Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this Your Word. Thank You that You are good and gracious to us in every respect. And thank You, Father, that when we have our priorities straight, that Your blessing is actually upon us. And we're grateful that that's the case. And so, uh, we pray that You, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, will be with us. And You, our Lord Jesus Christ, will be settled in our hearts and in our midst as Your congregation. Uh, We pray these things in Your name. Amen.